Welcome to Urban Dharma, the podcast, where suffering, where suffering is optional. Is optional. This is Reverend Kusla from downtown Los Angeles, coming to you from the International Buddhist Meditation Center. This edition of the Urban Dharma podcast is a talk I gave at One Spirit Center for Conscious Living in Simi Valley, California. Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones, the founding director, invited me to speak to his congregation. The title of my talk was Going Beyond Pain and Suffering. Not only did I get to talk, but I got to play with the band. And you will hear that at the end of my presentation. I sat in with the band and did some blues harmonica with them. And then a singer-songwriter named Harold Payne did an original blues song that you might call Urban Dharma Blues. He listened to my presentation and took bits and pieces of my presentation and turned it into a song. It's a lot of fun to hear him sing, and I think it's amazing. This man is very talented. So without further introduction, this is my talk at One Spirit Center for Conscious Living in Simi Valley, California, entitled, Going Beyond Pain and Suffering. Not keep doing the same thing that you've always done and expect something different. And speaking of something different, <laughs> this wonderful person, uh, Kusla Bijou, is a Buddhist monk from Los Angeles. He has been here before, and he's one of our favorite people. His light just uh, precedes him, and I believe you're in for one heck of a treat. Please help me welcome Kusla Bijou. Yes, I do have a motorcycle. Uh, I started doing something new, and I just wanted to share it with you. Um, I'm doing podcasts now. And if you don't know what a podcast is, you're, you have plenty of company. Um, but a podcast is like a little a radio show or a little presentation or a little talk that you give. And it's shot up to the Internet. And then there was this um, company called Apple Computers. <laughs> and they have uh, something called iTunes, which is a place to buy music and buy audiobooks, but also a place now to have free podcasts downloaded directly to your computer by subscription or one at a time, and you can listen to them at your convenience. And if you are lucky enough to have an iPod as well, you can take those talks and put them into your iPod and take them with you wherever you go. So I have four right now available for free download from iTunes. And the first talk was a talk on karma that I gave to the UCLA Buddhist Club. And the second talk is a two-parter. I was invited to go to Bishop Montgomery High School and speak about Buddhism to a comparative religions class. So I have that up there. And then the last talk I gave was this past Thursday to chaplains at the UCLA Medical Center in Santa Monica on Buddhist patient care and end-of-life issues. And I have about 25 minutes of that talk available for free download, too. 
Not that I'm encouraging you to go to iTunes, but if you've got nothing else to do and happen to have iTunes, <laughs> I would like to talk today about something that's uh, dear to my heart, and it's about being peaceful. It's about coming to a place uh, of balance in life. And if you haven't had a chance to watch the news lately or listen to national public radio, this world we live in is a pretty difficult place right now. There's a lot of stuff happening. I'm thinking the locusts are next. <laughs> and, and a lot of us don't want to, you know, uh, uh, take drugs or drink a lot of alcohol or eat a lot of candy to, to sort of come to a place of acceptance with the way things are. And in Buddhism, we have two kinds of meditation. And I'd like to talk about one kind of meditation today and talk about how to do it as a way of bringing your life back into balance, bringing your mind to a place of peace and acceptance with the way things are. This particular form of meditation was taught to the Buddha by the yogis of India. And it's a way of going into deeper and deeper levels of concentration, one-pointedness, coming to that place in the present moment where your life unfolds. And all you need to do is take a few minutes each day. All you need to do is practice. Now, you know, I have a guitar, and I practice every day. I still can't play very well. I try singing every day. I still can't sing very well. It's so nice to hear people that can. And, and yet I know if I practice long enough, if I have enough years left in my life, I'll be able to play one day, and I'll be able to sing one day. And it will transform from practice into performance. Most cool. Meditation is sort of like that, too. We practice meditation. And eventually, meditation does itself. This kind of meditation, I think of as sort of cleaning my hard drive. You know, I've got a couple computers, and um, sometimes they just sort of slow down, and they don't work very well, and you can defragment the hard drive. You can sort of reboot it, reset it, and then it's sort of back to normal again. And that's what I see meditation doing for me it it resets my hard drive it 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 gets rid of a lot of the baggage and stuff that i carry with me every day everywhere i go and all i need to do is take five ten or fifteen minutes a day and practice now the buddha said we have forty four zero different kinds of meditation objects we can focus on um, some people like candles and pictures, and some people like music. I prefer my breath. You know, uh, the breath is always with me. It doesn't have to be special in any way. I don't have to bring matches to light it. All I have to do is breathe. And if I'm not breathing, then I don't need to do meditation, do I? So, so... Imagine yourself sitting down in a chair or on a meditation cushion, not too comfortable because you don't want to fall asleep. You want to be alert, 
but but not to cause too much suffering as well. And there you are, and you bring your attention to the tip of your nose and become aware of the sensation of breath going out and coming in, going out and coming in. Now, when I started to do this, my mind was a rascal. It just had a mind of its own. And I couldn't get it to stay with the breath. So my teacher said, count. Use numbers as a tether to the sensation of breath. So what I did is I would sit quietly on the floor, and every time I exhaled, I would say one to myself. I would exhale and say two. I'd go from one to ten, and then I'd go back down to one, and then back up to ten, and then back down to one. That worked for about three minutes, and then I, <laughs> then I found myself going to eleven, and I wasn't paying attention. So it's difficult initially to bring your mind to that present moment that we all live in all the time. What I find useful is the idea that if I can become aware of a sensation in my body, that sensation is always occurring right now. None of those sensations will occur tomorrow or they hadn't occurred yesterday. Those were different sensations. The sensation I'm aware of can only happen right now. That breath, I can only be aware of right now. So as I count 1 to 10, 10 to 1, 1 to 10, 10 to 1, certain things happen in my body, certain things happen in my mind. The thing that happens in my body is pleasure and bliss. Now that is really nice. After a busy day and you've been struggling and you're on the freeway and you get home and to have a little bliss and pleasure, could you think of anything better than that? And not to have to pay for it? <laughs> it's free. All we need to do is spend some time. We don't need to spend some money. So as I concentrate on that sensation of breath, this pleasure and this bliss arises in my body. This happiness arises in my mind. And now I start to see balance or equanimity as well. We have four different levels of tranquility available to us. The first level of tranquility has five characteristics. It has applied thought, sustained thought, happiness, bliss, and equanimity. Applying your thought to the sensation of breath and holding it there, applied thought and sustained thought, bliss and pleasure in the body, happiness in the mind, and equanimity. The second level of concentration only has three characteristics. It has bliss and pleasure of the body, happiness of the mind, and equanimity. What I need to do is let go of applied thought and sustained thought. If I'm able to do that, if I can end the counting, and my mind simply rests on the object of meditation, the sensation of breath, then I have an even greater sense of pleasure, an even greater sense of happiness, an even greater sense of balance, equanimity. But I no longer have an intention to hold my mind on the object of meditation. Now it simply rests there all by itself. And that may take a couple of weeks. It may take a couple of months. It might take a year or so. But what better thing to do? than controlling and disciplining your mind. So 
as I found this greater sense of pleasure and this greater sense of happiness and this greater sense of balance, I was drawn to go to the next level. But Buddhism is a path of renunciation. We can only go forward if we let go of something. And what I needed to let go of was pleasure and bliss in my body. Well, I couldn't figure out why that was important. Because I liked (laughs) my pleasure. I liked my bliss. I didn't want to give my bliss and pleasure up. I mean, what's the point? You know, we were given this body in this lifetime. It's a wonderful gift. It does have some drawbacks, but, you know, it sure can... It sure can feel comfortable and really good sometimes, too. So I thought about it. Well, what would happen if I did give up bliss and pleasure just for a few moments, maybe a few minutes? What would be the benefit of that? And the benefit of that would be I would also be giving up pain, the physical sensation of pain. If I have pleasure, eventually I'm going to have pain. And if I could figure out how to give up my pleasure... I would really also, at the same time, be giving up my pain. So how would you do that? I mean, you know, sometimes when I want to be in a state of pleasure, I might go and get a pint of Dryer's ice cream. (laughs) Works for me. Do I have any control over that pleasure other than not buying the Dryer's ice cream? Well, when I thought to myself, I need to change some conditions. If I can change the conditions, then the pleasure won't rise and the pain won't rise as well. So how am I going to change these conditions? The first thing I thought was, if I can really concentrate hard, and so the only thing in my life at this moment is simply the sensation of breath, I will go beyond pleasure, I will go beyond pain. And the reason I thought that was because I thought back to going to a movie. A really exciting movie with car chases and good plot and a lot of drama. And when I became so focused on the movie, in the movie theater, it's almost like my body disappeared. I couldn't feel my feet stuck to the ground because somebody dropped the Coke. <laughs> my arm was over the, the, the uh, backrest of the seat next to me and it had fallen asleep and was tingling, but I wasn't aware of that either because the movie itself just captured all my attention. Once the scene was over, once the movie was over, and I sort of like came back to the present moment experience of my body, it was cold, my arm was asleep, and my feet were stuck. (laughs) So I'm thinking to myself, if I can concentrate that hard on the sensation of breath, I could literally leave all those sensations behind, all the pleasurable sensations and all the painful ones as well. So with a a deeper understanding and a renewed effort, I went really deep into my object of meditation, and I was able to let my body go for a while. I was able to let go of where my body ended and the universe began. Now, that may sound really weird, but, you know, we're sort of taught where our body ends and the world begins. You know, initially, I imagine myself sort of running into walls, and my mom would sort of stop me and say, you can't walk walk in the wall. You have to be separate from the wall. You end here, and the wall begins here. You can't put those two together. 
And being a small child, I imagine I was dumbfounded by that concept. But eventually, pain woke me up to the fact <laughs> that I shouldn't walk into walls. As I became better at having a body, I realized I could pick things up without even looking at them. I could just reach out my arm and my hand, and I knew where my fingers ended and the bottle began, and I could pick it up. So I had this concept inside my head of my body. What would happen if I could let go of that concept for a while? Wouldn't that be so cool if I could just sort of merge back into the universe? And if I could do that, any physical sensation that I would be aware of would simply be arising in the universe, not in my body any longer. And if I didn't label it, if I didn't label it as pain or pleasure, it would just be a really strong sensation. And the universe has always has sensations, doesn't it? So I went deeper and deeper. My body seemed to dissolve into everything else. I no longer had pain or pleasure. I simply had sensation. But it wasn't even my sensation, because where I ended and the world began had now emerged. So it was just sensation. And now I wanted to go even further because I was starting to see how useful this could be. After I came out of this really deep state of concentration, I had this lightness and clarity that I had lacked before. I was able to look at the world in a new way, almost as if I was looking at the world for the first time again. And one of my favorite commercials from a couple years ago was a cornflakes commercial. And it said, taste cornflakes again for the first time. And I'm thinking, I'm tasting my life again for the first time. Because I was able to let stuff go. I was able to cleanse those hard drives, purify that consciousness. And now it was a new me and a new world. And I saw things and felt things that I hadn't before. I wanted more, though. I wanted to go even further. So I realized the next thing I was going to have to give up would be happiness. There's this physical sensation of pleasure and pain, but there's also this sort of emotional mind sensation of happiness. And if we have happiness, we're going to have sadness. And if I could give up happiness even for a few moments, maybe I could get rid of sadness for a while, too. But this took a long time because I didn't want to give up my happiness. I liked being happy. I still like being happy. It makes me feel good, and it makes the people around me feel good, too. I don't want to be an Amatron or a robot and just walk around with no expression, no emotion, no feelings, good or bad. But I saw if I could do this in a controlled setting, whether it be your house or your bedroom or a Zendo, that I could come to a place of perfect balance, perfect equanimity, a place of perfect peace. But I had to give up my happiness to come to that profound place of peace. And after a couple of years, I was able to do that. I was able to give up my pleasure and my pain. I was able to give up my happiness and my sadness. And I found myself in the present moment experience of my life. And 
was balance. All I had was equanimity. All I had was a profound sense of peace, a profound acceptance of the way things are. At that moment in my meditation practice, I didn't need to change one thing. I didn't need to change me. I didn't need to change you. The world was perfect. I saw the world as perfect. I knew the world was perfect. And I was part of that perfection. And when I came out of that very deep state of concentration, I felt wonderful. I felt rejuvenated. I had such great happiness and such great pleasure in my life. The very thing I was trying to give up gave me even more in return when I came back. And I was never able, never able to look at the world exactly the same way again. Even though I see the world can be improved, I also see that that's my mind wanting it to be different than it is. When I see people who are unskillful, creating a lot of suffering in the world, I simply realize now that there are unskillful people in the world. I don't think there are any evil people in the world, but I do think there are a few unskillful people in the world. And because they're unskillful, they create suffering for me and for you. But only if I let them create suffering for me, because now I'm in charge. Now I have trained my mind to go to a place where I can leave suffering behind for a while, where I can leave pain, discomfort behind for a while. Before I go any further, I'd really like to give you a definition of suffering, because I talk about suffering all the time, and some people don't really have a clear understanding of what suffering is. They get confused with pain, pain and suffering. Now, the best definition I've ever heard came from a seventh grader, 11 years old. Her name was Esmeralda, and I was giving a presentation in her class on Buddhist history. And after my presentation, she raised her hand and said, Reverend Kusla, Reverend Kusla, I now understand the difference between pain and suffering. Suffering is when you don't want to have the pain. Now, I don't know how she knew that at 11. Because I was in my 30s before that concept even started to dawn on me. But that's the deal. That's what really I'm talking about. We can temporarily short-circuit our pain and our pleasure. We can short-circuit our sadness and our happiness. But we can't be a human being and leave that behind forever, can we? But we can leave our suffering behind forever if we can figure out how to see the perfection in this world. This form of meditation allows us to go there and visit. This kind of meditation gives us an option. This world is created out of mind, according to Buddhism, and it is created in a way that, that we feel lust instead of love. We feel greed instead of generosity. We feel hatred and anger instead of 
loving kindness and compassion. We feel ignorance and delusion instead of the wisdom that's already there. And, and this path, this form of meditation, allows us to sort of get rid of those things, to let go of that lust for a while and only have love, to let go of that greed for a while and only have generosity. Now, it's, all that stuff's going to come back until we achieve nirvana, until we achieve enlightenment and become perfect and can't fall back. But we can be a better human being today simply by sitting down and finding that place of stillness that resides in each and every one of us. It's already there. All we have to let go of is the stuff that prevents us from achieving that stillness. I hope that was useful because because if you can figure out how to find 10 minutes a day, your life will start to transform. Your practice will start to allow your life to become the performance. And that is so cool. Now, you know, as I go and speak in different places, uh, people ask me to bring my harmonica with me because, uh, because they want to feel a little pleasure and a little happiness. <laughs> Just the other day that, you know, one of the reasons I like the harmonica is because it's like having a different voice. It's, it really has a power all in itself that, that, that you're sort of talking in a language that everybody can understand right away. No interpretation necessary. And then I was thinking about my favorite musical form, which is the blues. And I'm thinking, well, what else would a Buddhist want to play? <laughs> so... Um, I came early to practice with the band, but the band said, we don't want to practice. We just want to do it. So we're just going to do it, and we're going to see what happens, okay? Here we go.
interesting hope you found it enjoyable hope you found it useful if you'd like more information on one spirit center for conscious living their website is www.onespirit.org my website is urbandharma.org if you need more information on buddhism you can also sign up for my newsletter on urbandharma.org by going to the site map and scrolling down you'll see a little 
uh, window that says click here and you can sign up for my newsletter which I send out once every two or three weeks and I pick a different theme this past newsletter the theme was Buddhism and politics got some interesting responses from that so feel free to do that if you'd like to know more about Buddhism of course it's free always is until we see each other next time until the next Urban Dharma podcast please be happy peaceful and most of all free